Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie. Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. you probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Hey, this is Cleveland Brown, and you're listening to the About Last Night podcast. I guess your TV must be broken. Ha <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, I'm not kidding. You're bored. Today's episode of the About Last Night podcast is brought to you by Bombas. Brad, what is Bombas? Bombas make socks that are comfortable and look great for whenever you need. And they come in a wide variety of options, sizes, and styles. Yeah, it's like Tinder for feet. To get 20% off your first purchase with Bombas, visit bombas.com slash ALN. We all need socks. We all have feet. And if you don't, you still probably want to buy socks for your family and friends. So go to bombas.com slash ALN to get 20% off your first purchase. And now enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with me, Brad Williams. And me, Adam Ray. This Friday, I will be headlining the Hollywood Improv in Los Angeles, California. One night only, one show only, 8 p.m. It's a big show. Going to have some special guests. 8 p.m. Hollywood Improv in Los Angeles, California. Go get your tickets at adamraycomedy.com or improv.com. That's the Hollywood Improv. Friday, 8 p.m. Me doing an hour, baby. Come out and see me. Very pumped about that. And then next weekend, I'll be at the Pittsburgh Improv for the first time, uh, August 8th through the 10th, at the Pittsburgh Improv in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Get your tickets at adamraycomedy.com. I've got some shows with Adam Carolla coming up. Uh, I will be at Rooster Tea Feathers in Sunnyvale, California, August 22nd through the 25th. And then September through the fall, I am booked up like crazy. So uh, get all that tour date information and ticket info at adamraycomedy.com. Brad Williams is headlining the Brea Improv in his hometown of Fullerton, California, uh, this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Get your tickets at bradwilliamscomedy.com. Brad Williams is headlining the Brea Improv this Friday through Sunday. Get your tickets at bradwilliamscomedy.com. And then Brad will be in Las Vegas at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club uh, August 8th, uh, 9th, uh, and 10th, and 11th. So get your tickets at bradwilliamscomedy.com. Today's episode is a special one, baby. First time ALN guest. She's a musical genius, uh, a friend of the comedy community, and uh, you might have seen her on Jimmy Kimmel or seen her on tour with the likes of Clapton, Prince, Mick Jagger, Steven Tyler, Sting. She's performed with everybody, but she's doing her own thing, and she's got a new album out called Love Remains, uh, which is fantastic. She played a couple tunes off the album at the end of the podcast. We're talking about the one and only Tall Wilkenfeld. Holy shit. What a, uh, what a voice. What a set of pipes. And, uh, and what an accent. Australian Tall is. And uh, we get into that. Her, uh, her journey to L.A., uh, New York, the nightclub scene, uh, gigging it, getting her chops, coming to L.A., um, playing with the Roots, Jeff Beck picking her up, 
doing shows with. I mean, it's just the music and comedy world is so uh, similar as far as the grind and, and how things happen so unexpectedly and organically. And you got to be right place, right time, and be ready to uh, to deliver. And Atal is uh, a great example of that. And uh, her new album, Love Remains, is available wherever you get music. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon. And uh, again, she plays a couple tunes at the end of this episode. So uh, so do not miss that. Follow Tal on Twitter and Instagram at Tal Wilkenfeld. T-A-L-W-I-L-K-E-N-F-E-L-D. Follow me at Adam Ray Comedy, Brad at Funny Brad, at ALN Podcast. Aboutlastnightpodcast.com for past and present eps and all your ALN merch, beanies, hoodies, uh, sweats. ShopAdamRay.com for all your Adam Ray merch. I got beanies and, and t-shirts and hoodies and hats and, and everything you fucking need. Uh, AdamRayComedy.com for my tour dates. BradWilliamsComedy.com for his tour dates. Come out and see us. She-Ra Season 2 drops Friday, August 2nd on Netflix. Check that out. My album, Read the Room, is available still on Spotify. And the full album video is now on YouTube. I had it cut together, taped on two red cameras, which is what they shoot movies on, baby. And uh, you can watch my album, Read the Room, on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash adamray24. So go check that out. My full album to watch on youtube.com slash adamray24. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and comment on the iTunes page. And I think that's it. A lot of great apps coming up. Make sure you are subscribed. Big announcements coming as well. Now that we've got the tour dates, Twitter handles, and merch info out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only Tal Wilkenfeld. Well, the weekend's over and it's time to chat about it. It's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down now? So why don't you sit hey, down now? Listen to our dope podcast. Whether lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of day. So come over and treat yourself right. It's about last night. Come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. Well, come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. So come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. Uh, there's, I'm sure people ask you though to like perform at things that you maybe not want to, right? But because of like your association. To them, like, have you ever had to play like a friend's birthday party or a? Um... I actually, ha- my friends are like super respectful. Oh, cool. In fact, like, I think they ask me less because they know that. Well, let me break that. I Will do. you play my stepdad's eightieth <laughs> birthday? <laughs> yeah, he's a huge fan. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it is interesting when because uh, I just had a friend hit me up and say that it, it, it's his wife's birthday and he wants me to do like oh, yeah. roaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants me to roaster, and I'm Yikes. just like basically say everything he wants to say to her. Yeah, like okay, <laughs> all right. She's a nag. Yeah. <laughs> she does this. I can't say this. I'm yeah. like, well, yeah, this is my opinion. Yeah, you know that if I say this, then the next time you say, hey. Well, Let's get together with Brad and his wife. She's going to go, no, yeah, fuck that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's never going to happen again. Yeah. It's, just, it's just not, it's just not going to go. But uh, let's see. Let's, and uh, for those uh, who are now hearing the accent, Australian, mm-hmm. born, uh, born Australia. Yeah. I've uh, been doing research about you. I found out that you dropped out of high school. I did. That Dang. yeah, because you know you knew what you wanted to do. Yeah, pretty much. And, or, did, or was yeah. the high school that bad? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was your high school experience? Were 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 you cool? Were you popular? Did you hate it? 
feel like I was just neutral until mm. I started playing guitar when I was 14 and then all of a sudden I was cool. Yeah, yeah. Because not, I mean, I can think of maybe two musicians I knew in high school that were like good, right? And I'm right. assuming, did, you, did it come somewhat easy for you when you first started? It, it was natural. Yeah. Yeah. What and were like your uh, influences or what would you start like uh, Hendrix, to, yeah. Hendrix was the one. That's a, I mean, that, I mean, that, that, that's a solid go. No, no one's ever gonna be like, yeah, I think uh, Hendrix influenced me to play guitar. No one's ever gonna look at you and be like, wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you sure it wasn't Cher. <laughs> uh, what, what did you, uh, did you play like coffee shops or play at school? Would you bring carried around with you like athletes would carry like basketballs and stuff? Did you have it at school? Um, before you dropped out. Well, my 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 mom was kind of strict, like not wanting mm -hmm. me to like practice much oh shit um so i wasn't allowed to play much so anytime i went to school i'd be like sort of trying to get into a room and, and play or like go to a friend's place and play. oh yeah <laughs> yeah now, it, they have been. i'm just gonna go do school work yeah. <laughs> yeah. not so much and was it and it was it just like because we we talked about this before when we went up on stage for the first time and told jokes and got a laugh we're just like well this is it this yeah. is what this is what we're doing. What, did you have a moment similar to that where you strum the guitar and go, "Yeah, this. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna instantly. do. Yeah, I'm gonna do this the rest of my life. Yeah, dang it, instantly, huh? Yeah, like the, the the minute I played the first chord. What was the first chord? Well, you know what's Just, so funny is um, I've been asked that before and I, yeah. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. I think it was probably like G something easy, like yeah, yeah. like. Yeah, probably even easier like an E minor. <laughs> yeah, just two fingers. But what, then, what but, yeah. was it a song or did you just like? Just I started writing like pretty quickly. Oh shit! Yeah. So yeah. So where are you pulling from? Yeah, like you're four. You're. I guess my 14. imagination. Yeah. I, I don't know because I didn't listen to too much. Right. I I loved Rage Against the Machine. Well, sure. Fuck. I mean, yeah, because so if you're yeah if. if so, someone asked me there, there there was this thing online on like I think I think I think it was Facebook or something if if you can see one band that's not together anymore reunite yeah. for one night who would it be and I was pissed because Rage wasn't on the list oh man like I saw like you know like Nirvana was on the list Queen Queen with Freddie was on the list but yeah. Rage wasn't there I'm like that's mine if I could see one band reunite one night yeah OG lineup yeah Rage yeah I'd probably say the Who. And, and you with, with Keith then yeah yeah exactly on drums yeah because you cause, because you and we'll we'll bounce around a bit but and we talked about this as we were walking up here but you opened up for the Who yeah that's, that's so fucking crazy fucking madness to 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 it's love like a band up for Chappelle or, yeah you know what I'm saying like that's a legendary night yeah <laughs> how did that happen um, I sent Pete my finished album mm -hmm. and uh, and I said. If you ever need an opening act, uh, dang, consider me in, and and uh, and it actually happened. That's madness because the amount of people that like, I'm sure, come up to musicians, comedians, act, whatever, and say, if you need, you know, if you need an opening act, yeah. if you need, if you need someone to get you coffee, and then like, the amount of times that actually comes to fruition, yeah, is probably in the less than one percent. You I know, think, I think also because it wasn't really like a cold call, like. You know, mm -hmm. I'd already met him and mm -hmm. he'd already come up to me and said that he loved my work. Like, so there was, you know, it was, there was some history. Yeah. It wasn't just, you know, randomly. I mean, it was still random. Yeah. I, I hadn't like spoken to the guy in four years. <laughs> Where wow. did you originally meet him? 
backstage uh, at a show that I was performing at. Dang. He was there. Is, is it similar? Is the music world similar to like the uh, the comedy world where it is like the hang is kind of important um, pre and post show as far as like getting to know other acts and, and developing friendships and everything and, and, and that can lead to like other gigs? I think it's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're only on stage for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Know, and then you got to deal with everyone for the other 23. <laughs> oh, minus the sleep. Well, and like, if you're at an after party, uh, we were just watching the new season of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee as you were walking in here. Yeah. My favorite line from that show is uh, Chris Rock's episode where he says he was at a party with all these famous celebrities and everything. He saw Jerry Seinfeld, ran across the room, grabbed him by the shoulders and said, comedian. Meaning, I'm comfortable with you. I can talk with you. We're two comics. Is it like that with musicians as well? Like, if there's an after party and there's all these, like, executives and some fans and some VIPs and some whatever, if you see, like, another musician, are you like, cool, we can hang out? Um, yes, mm-hmm. and I, I almost feel that more so with comedians. Oh, really? Somehow. Yeah. Like I found my home with, like, Comedians, yeah. Well, and because like, it's really I, interesting. Yeah, because I first really got introduced to you when you were on uh, Bill Burr's podcast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How how did that come about? He saw me play with Jeff Beck like years ago. Yeah. Um, we didn't meet, but then when I met, he already like knew of my work. Yeah. Um, and then were you so, a fa- and then were you a fan of Burr? I checked him out yeah. straight away. <laughs> yeah. I, I only really got introduced to comedy, the art form, about mm. a year and a half ago when I first came to the store. That's crazy. Like I wasn't. I had a pretty sheltered upbringing. Like I mm. didn't really hear much music. Like I wasn't like watching TV or listening to the radio or anything. Mm. It was like it was pretty strict. So then I like came to America and then started playing gigs immediately, and I was just lost in that world of playing all the time. Sure. Um, and uh, and then. And then I got introduced to the comedy world actually kind of by accident or by, uh, you know, unfortunate circumstances because I I had a lot of friends of mine pass away Mm -hmm. in like a very short amount of time. And one of my friends said, well, you should just come to the comedy store and have a laugh. Mm -hmm. And took a a little bit of convincing. And as soon as I showed up there, I was like, oh, (laughs) oh, I get it. Yeah, this, this is, is fun. This is the best thing in the whole world. Yeah. Yeah, the comedy store truly just embodies, like, <clears throat> not just, like, you know, the uh, the joy that every room kind of brings, but, like, the overall just energy that's there is truly, like, uplifting. Yeah. Uh, and being around it, right? Especially now more than, I'd say, about 10 years ago, where uh, comics, it was just a little darker, you know? I mean, I think that, like, especially for me as an outsider, it's mm-hmm. super fun because I get to connect with other artists yes and uh and yet it's intriguing because it's not the same art that i'm producing right so it it inspires me and it inspires what i do like whereas if i'm with other musicians we're we're already doing music like what right you know what i mean no no no, and and there's there's a respect there between artists it's why i think all all these all these actors try to become rock stars rock stars when they're on stage yeah. try to ch- tell jokes I was watching this uh, Netflix documentary on on the Stones and Mick Jagger has a writer that comes with him and just like writes a few lines what? with him for every gig so he can have like a, cu- a couple of jokes like to tag a song with yeah like and, like and when I saw them live he did it because I saw them in 
Anaheim, California. Uh, he, he said like, all right, so you guys are all here. How are you guys going to get home? Are you going to drive? Are you just going to hop on the monorail? You know, because, and then of course I'm sitting there as a comic, like that's a horrible fucking joke. Yeah, like, yeah. I can write you a Is better that even one. a joke? Yeah, just, it, it, he's yeah. concerned about how they're going to get he home. He thought Disneyland, ah, they all know what the monorail uh, yeah, is, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Stuff, stuff like that. But I, I was fascinated, like, oh, Mick Jagger, greatest frontman showman ever is like ah, tell him bad jokes yeah, yeah. And, and you know yeah, like it's so not not, not everyone can do this shit yeah and it, it but there is sort of a mutual respect between everyone who performs uh where it's like like we all have a kinship where it's like we understand yeah because i mean for the most for the vast majority of us this was not what our parents probably imagined we'd be doing yeah and at some point we had to be like, hey, I know you guys were thinking, <laughs> doctor, <laughs> lawyer. Yeah, what did your you folks know? want? That's the right yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Is that what your folks were kind of? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> is there a, is there a typical a, Jewish parents, come uh, on. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, yeah, what's the, what's the, what are the Jewish Australian parents like? Same, same as it is. Same, same, yeah. same, yeah. Wait, so you had no, I'm surprised because, you know, American comedy is so big in Australia. Like, you just. I mean, I wasn't exposed to music either. I wasn't exposed to, I wasn't allowed to watch TV and listen to the radio. And no friends and around you were kind of like, yo, have you heard or seen this? Well, this was pre, like, oh, yeah. iPhone. Yeah, yeah. Pre, pre YouTube. So, and... well, I mean, we had the internet, of yeah, course. Yeah, sure. We, we just were into hanging. Mm-hmm. I miss those days. I know, right? Yeah. I sound like an old woman, f- but I No, really I put do. the phone down and just like... Yeah. Just chill. I know. Yeah. That's why, that's why, that's why we like doing this. every five minutes. Again. That's why we like doing this. Yeah. That's why we sit down, like to sit down and have a conversation with someone. Have you adjusted to the, uh, you know, the phone uh, social media world? I haven't been on Instagram in over a month. Holy um, shit. How does that feel? feels great yeah <laughs> i mean i i gotta get back on it like I guess. in a couple days really for promotional purposes i, I do, well yeah, i'm gonna be on kimmel on monday so i, I have yes. post about that um and then i there have a is. tour coming up a few days later like portland and seattle so i'm gonna post about that but like Fuck yeah, I, yeah. Took, I took a month break i needed mm-hmm. i need some time <laughs> hey sometimes i mean there's they've i've seen them do these tests where they uh they tell someone they're just gonna have an interview with them and they say hey put your phone down and then they put they, they put their phone down they start talking to them and, and they're reading like their heart rates and their anxiety levels and stuff like that and then they have someone in the other room start to text their phone and so it starts dinging but they can't answer it yeah. they have to stay with the interview they no no, no well that and then they see just these spikes of, of people like watching their phone ding without them being able to answer it they still have to be yeah you know and it's and, and it's just fascinating where you go oh wait this this shit really is getting to us yeah. like it is really affecting our stress levels and anxiety levels and things like that I heard some weird thing about like kids developing like horns on the back of I read that story yeah yeah do you think that's real fuck yeah I mean slowly I, mean, I want to believe it slowly we'll, we're gonna evolve into that I I, I, I I think in about 400 years the movie Wall-E is gonna be more of a documentary or, or idiocracy yeah oh yeah I mean yeah that probably faster do that, you have a rule when you're right recording or, or jamming where you just have to turn the phone off and like be distraction free I, I put it in the other room yeah smart um, some of the other musicians I work with don't and and I find it annoying Sure, you're trying. You're, you're yeah, trying to have a conversation with someone. You're trying to create, and you have you get like a good flow going where you're like, okay, this is really working. All of a sudden, wait, hold on, there's a new cat my, video. My postmates <laughs> is here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. It, um, and, w- and when you started, you said your parents like wanted you to be a doctor, lawyer. Like, how did they react when you started bringing home a guitar? Um, my dad thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was concerned, like mm-hmm. I said. But um, I think once I like moved to America and started to like, I guess, prove myself or get gigs and yeah. show them that it was something I could do for a living, everything chilled out. And how was that telling them, hey, I'm going to move to the United States? <laughs> yeah. <I mean. laughs> Off camera. <Yeah. laughs> I, so, also, all right, so we cut. We just talked about yeah, it. It was amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they were so supportive. They, they were, were all so happy. Yeah. <laughs> what was your first song? Um, like when I went to Australia. Waltzing Matilda. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Waltzing Matilda. Oh, you don't know that song. Oh, oh I do. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for, it wasn't, but I, I thought I thought that was funny. Oh, wait, what is that song? Who, what, who's so there's no com- other comedians watching. It's, no, no, none, none. Should I do my first set right now? Do, I mean, kind preparing of, my material. Yes, please. This is this is about two people. Is about the audience I had for my very first set. So yeah, it'd be it, it, it'd be about correct. But I mean, like you know, was it? Uh, like I'm trying to imagine if I were an Australian-born musician, my first song would probably be about you know, Australian toaster biscuits, because I love those. I think it was a Green Day song, or maybe it was like, I don't remember. But the first one you wrote. Oh, the first yeah. one I wrote. Yeah. Like the contents. You know what's really weird? The, the first song I wrote had a lyric in it that someone was like, that's a Bob Dylan lyric. And I was like, really? How? Wow. I'd never heard Bob Dylan, so it was really weird that there was a line that was... S- in it dang so I, mean, I don't know how that happens <laughs> it's a good sign yeah right it, it means you're on means, the right path yeah it means you're on your way I mean, uh, it, I mean comics have had times where someone comes up to him and goes hey that's a such and such right, joke right. like that's a bird like that's a bill bird joke and th- that's if you did not steal it that's a great compliment because you're like oh cool Right. I, I'm writing like the same things as these Either that uh, these great or people. like it was on some fucking mug somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. And then um, when, because now you're obviously known for playing bass, like when did you make the switch from guitar to bass and why? That was pretty quick. Uh, I moved to the States, I guess I was 16 playing guitar and then within a year I was 16. on the bass. 16? Yeah. 16? Yeah, you got to start young to get good with that right I guess I mean could you I started late really I mean I only picked up guitar when I was 14 for the first time and you moved to the United States two years later to be like this is what I'm gonna do for a living it was really quick yeah I mean my career sort of moved pretty quick too yeah like I don't know it's a a blessing yeah because I mean you you, you hear stories about bands being together four, five, six, ten years until someone finally hears them you know the right the the, the right ears get on them Uh, where'd you live when you were out here yeah I started off in Pasadena and then I went to New York a Mm -hmm. year later spent like two and a half three years there and then came back and was in the valley how much of a culture shock is New York from uh, not at all no no you like the big city well, the people there, I mean, it's kind of similar to Australians, except Australians are a bit more laid back, but yeah. mm-hmm. we're very direct. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> I so could I, to I that. sort of felt like that was really natural for me. And the music scene, obviously, like, is, I mean, second to none, I feel like, in New York, yeah. For certain kinds of music, yes. it's, it's popping. Yeah. Well, what, what did you kind of... Um, I went there for, to play jazz. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, then, and then you would go to jazz clubs all night. Oh, my God, yeah. 
Yeah, there's so, I was so like, many. I want to do what Charlie Parker and Monk did. Yeah, right. Well, and and dudes. and you're not 21, so how are you getting how are you getting into the clubs? I had my way. Oh man, well, the club owners really liked me because like yeah. I I didn't I didn't drink or anything. Like I was mm-hmm. literally just there to like study. Yeah, I was obsessed. Yeah, so they respected the that. They're like, all right, cool. Yeah. She's just yeah, she's the, just uh, literally like, student of the game. Yeah. Damn. Would you remember something you saw or a night that you had that was like? One of those just like, holy shit, like, I can't believe this is my life. I can't believe I moved from Australia and I'm here and I'm getting to see this. And you get like an extra burst of inspiration. When, when I first visited New York, I saw Wayne Krantz and Anthony Jackson was playing bass. And uh, that was kind of what inspired me to move to New York because Wayne Krantz became one of my favorite guitar mm-hmm. players and uh, Anthony Jackson as well as a bassist like and for you that that was like I want those moments I want that yeah I want to play with those guys and learn learn from them and just mm-hmm. like spend time yeah uh, and then you had an experience where you uh, w- w- would you call your interaction with the Allman Brothers your big break is that like sort of the thing that the thing that kind of got things launched um it wasn't a big break to the world right but it was the step that got me to the next step which was the big break right um it was like my first big appearance on mm-hmm. on stage at the beacon theater and uh, and <sighs> which I, is amazing yeah <laughs> that epic yeah venue. that theater is unreal yeah i love that place so did, and so the audience is so cool did they now, now now did they see you perform somewhere did, yeah like yeah. a little club i was playing like three four times a night like i was just playing everywhere dang you can do that so, Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's New York. You just walk everywhere. Like mm. it's like the same with the comedy. Yeah, yeah. same with yeah. the comedy. You just yeah, you do three, four sets in a night. And yeah. you would join. And I mean, I suppose you could do that in LA too because all the the spots are pretty close. Oh yeah, no, I had five the other night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's are there? Uh, you just kind of walk into. I mean, you had set times with these different. Well, I groups. was like sitting in with different things, but then I also had actual gigs. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. that were solo. No, no, like just playing groups, yeah. bass with different people. But these were, they happened to see me playing my own music, which was rare. But yeah, I was Fuck. playing some instrumental music. And, and then that, I got that recording. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved back to LA, I played that to Vinnie Kaluuda, mm-hmm. who's a very well-known drummer. And uh, he was playing with Jeff Beck. And then he got the call that they needed a new bass player for this one, like, super big gig it was like to 40,000 people for Eric Clapton's Crossroads Festival so then I went and auditioned and then they booked a whole tour on it but yeah. it was that one gig um, which was a, uh, just a couple weeks into me playing with Jeff that sort of I guess catapulted my career because not only was it to the 40,000 there but there were like millions yeah. of people viewing it and right. it sort of went kind of viral on, on the internet yeah I mean because and it, and you're how old at this time? Are you still 16? Are you no? 18? I was 21. Oh, 21. So you so you've been yeah. playing for a while, but yeah. At the same Damn. at the same time, still 21. That's not you know that's not a grizzled veteran that's been around the block you know block a few like times. A <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go. But that's the thing is you put in the hours and like you say you were doing three four sets a night. You were you were going to shows not to party but to study. Yeah. And to watch people perform, and be like, okay, that's how they do it. What can I you know how can I learn from this and so while you were 21 like you say you felt like a grizzled veteran you 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 had put in the hours they give you any advice uh, before that big show 
40,000 people or no just it's any other gig it doesn't, yeah, just does, it doesn't feel any different yeah. playing mm-hmm. to 40,000 people playing to 40 people because actually I'd say it's harder to play to a room of 40 than 40,000 because there's agree, a natural yeah. energy that comes when you put a lot of people together um, and there's a momentum that you can play off of but when you have 40 people there you have to like sort of play to every single person yeah. which is a different thing yeah. so I don't, I don't think one's I, they're just different yeah but i kind of i don't know I don't, I don't know if you guys do this too but like well no you can't this is why <laughs> this is why i love what you guys do because like you really are have to connect with these individual people whereas for a musician you can kind of zone out and just sort of do your thing on stage and interact with the other people on stage and people are watching yeah. but like oh and, and, and you know. yeah well well this is going to kind of trip you out Comedians definitely do zone out on stage. They do? I've gone through the motions. Right, okay. I, I've done it, but at the same time, like, I've always told people, if if, if people who aren't uh, musicians or comedians knew what was going on in my head <laughs> while I'm up there performing in front of people, it would trip them out. I'm thinking about what I'm doing the next day. I'm thinking about, wow. like, I'm plan- like, I'm planning things, but then at the same time, at the same time, being present. Yeah. Like, and, and being in the moment and watching people in the audience and seeing, But like, I do okay. want to, I do want to, like, you know, argue that because I, I, I think those are kind of two contrasting because th- how are you thinking of what, how are you being present? Yeah. Because that's kind of like a, a, you know, being present but also thinking of that's the thing. Other like, stuff that you're not that you're gonna do the next day. Yeah. Because if you're not being present, is being like fully of just thinking about what's in front of you. Yeah. And that's the so thing. So to is be I, thinking about I other shit, I don't know how. Like, like. Well, you're, it, I don't it, think it you sounds, are. Though. It, it sounds like, weird to me. Like, like, it, 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 and it, and it, there, are, there are I'm sure situations. There's, there's those full moments, even for musicians, where I feel like where you are feeling like maybe you want to connect more. So maybe you, I don't know, you'll try to. Do you ever like want to look at someone in the crowd or will you like talk, you know, some musicians talk in between songs, which I feel like is a way to, like for me, that's the crowd work aspect of it where it's like, if I do feel myself disconnecting or not as engaged, that's when I will engage in that because that just makes me focus up. Yeah. And and brings the room together, you know. So is there a way to do that musically? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not musically, but I do it. I do talk to the crowd between songs. Yeah. (laughs) And that's those are the some of the most fun moments i'd say well yeah because um, anything can happen in that moment yeah do you feel like your experience being around comedians and comedy and just Has making helped. some of the big dogs it, laugh like you're like all right i fucking it's <laughs> if i made jeff ross laugh i think i can make forty thousand people laugh it's it's helped like it's helped um yeah i think i was already doing that though like, i think you i was were, already yeah. like bantering with the crowd um but it, yeah, I don't know. I don't Would you plan it. stuff like Jagger? Is it Jagger you said that was? Yeah, I've never, I've never rehearsed something to say on stage. Okay. Um, but like a lot of what I do on stage is improv. Mm-hmm. Like at least seventy percent of what I'm doing is improv. Like meaning I have the songs and I have the lyrics. Yeah. Um, and the structures, but every time I play one of my songs, I play it differently. Oh shit. So there's a lot of improvisation going on and I feel like the improvisation is what keeps me present. If I was just playing the same song the same way every night, Mm -hmm. I'd be doing that thing that you're talking about where I'm thinking about uh, what I'm cooking for dinner that night. Yeah. Is there times when you have like those super fans that will notice, you're like, hey, you did a little, uh, 
you you did something different on killing me tonight like that you that that you don't normally do like do, well it's different every night so no yeah. okay no. okay <laughs> <laughs> no because there there's like a, i just had an experience where some people came to literally like i did two shows on saturday and they went to both shows yeah and yeah. they uh, they waited in line afterward and they talked to me after the second show and they're like yeah you, you did that joke a little differently tonight or in the second show i was like yeah the the situation called for it like it, yeah. it wasn't the same thing that was happening in the first show they were a little more rowdier so i had to curse a little more i had to be a little like i had to do something different. did you know they were coming back yeah they told me they're like we're coming back to the late one i'm like and did you tell me because you know you, you're obviously like <laughs> working and prepping a new hour so yeah. i'm sure there's not a lot of variation in yeah 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 i told them it's like it's gonna be a lot of the same yeah stuff yeah yeah <laughs> and like, when you don't, don't do care. that sometimes and they come back and obviously like you said like there will be a some different like intonations and, and rhythms maybe but mm -hmm. more or less at this point with with what uh you know you're doing you have it locked in so it's like if you don't tell them then they're like i can't believe you pretty much did the same hour <laughs> right. and you're like yeah man i didn't just make the last night up the yeah. night before yeah sorry sorry to pull back the curtain on yeah. the magic trick yeah, but yeah. yeah this is stuff that we work on there's this weird guilt thing that happens if you repeat yourself like yeah. especially for a musician that has a background in jazz and improvisation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you do the same thing twice, it's like... You feel you like feel cheating the system. Yeah. It just doesn't feel authentic. <laughs> like, how do you how do you fight that? How do well, you... with, with my background in playing like rock and pop music, because it's the opposite with that. It's like, play the part. Play mm -hmm. the part for the song. And so it's like those two worlds can fight with each other and you have to sort of have them find I, I believe I found a balance where it's like I play the things that matter for the song um, and at the same time I give myself enough room to improvise within that structure to where I feel like I can deliver a new authentic real performance every night wow yeah Did, is there ever a moment like with comedians where you know, we might you know t say something on a podcast and then that night be like oh man I kind of like think I wrote a little bit there I'm going to try that out that night would that ever happen with you musically like if you maybe if somebody says something and you're like oh shit and you write that down for maybe a potential lyric or you hear yeah. a, a melody mm -hmm. in your head and you're like I'm going to try to work that into this song or this riff or no, because when I go and do a gig, like I'm playing like songs that have generally been released. Right. It's mm -hmm. the exact opposite to you guys. Like once you guys release something, you don't do it again. Right. Yeah. Like, the opposite. We don't play things until they're released. Right. Yeah. And and once most of out. the time. And then once they're yeah. out, you're like, well, I'm going to be playing this song for the rest yeah, of my right, life every, right. every, every night. <laughs> I better get used to it. Uh, I, you talked about working with uh, Jeff Beck earlier. Um, I heard him in an interview say something about you that I, I wanted to ask. He said that sometimes when you play with him in the band, you would sometimes correct him and correct the band and be like, mm, you played that wrong. And like, and he said that everyone was totally cool with it because be, because you were correct. Right, okay. Like, would that, like, how, how, how do... That's the young kid syndrome, right? Like, <laughs> you're just like, yeah. that's wrong. <laughs> so, 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 that, so that's true. You would do that sometimes? Well, not all the time. I guess I kind like, of acted like some sort of a MD at times. Mm -hmm. 
What? Musical director. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I thought. I, yeah, no, I thought I was like doctor. Okay, like Doogie Howser. Okay. <laughs> I, I had to punch them when they got it wrong and then resuscitate them. Yeah, but like, I mean, obviously Jeff Beck is a legend. Was there any time? There were any times in your head where you're like, I think you played that wrong, but I probably shouldn't tell him. Yeah. No. <laughs> but I like that. Maybe it's because I'm Australian. Right, I'm just really yeah. direct. Yeah. Um, but I was only ever to enhance the music, I think. Like, you know, some of the, you got to remember, like, these artists have, ha- have songs that they wrote 50 years ago or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like they might not remember a part, whereas I'm just listening to the first time, so I've, like, I've learned it all fresh. So it might right. just be something as simple as that. Like, oh, hey, that, remember this part that you wrote 50 years yeah. ago? We should play that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you're, the amount of people you've played with yeah, and your toured Instagram, and like, toured you just with. peruse through that. I mean, like... <laughs> it's unreal. Brad, will you read some of those names? Oh, uh, this is just some, like, uh, the aforementioned Mick Jagger, Eric Clapton, Prince, Sting, Steven Tyler, The Roots... Like that's yeah. Anybody good? <laughs> that you fucking around with? Can you take us through some of those uh, names and experiences? Like uh, obviously Clapton did that big festival. Yeah, got to meet and kick it with him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we played together at um, at, at some shows Damn. as well. What's that like to just look across and see who someone who many people believe to be the fifth Beatle? <laughs> the fifth Beatle. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just... Because we don't get that f- on stage. It's like... Right. You guys are up there alone. We, yeah. We're, not, we're connecting with the crowd, but, but I'm always so envious of that. I mean, like, I guess, you know, we get that in a way in the podcast sometimes where it's like when yeah. something funny happens and we all share it together, yeah. mm-hmm. that's a way to get that communal sense of like, you know, but on stage when I see like musicians lock eyes on a certain like m- moment, I'm like, right. dude, I, we'll never know truly what that feels like because it's what, just like, so different. That's why I like this Jeff Ross and David Tell bumping mics. Yeah, cool. They get to do that. Yes, you know? and it's great. And they bring all these other people. Like I've gone up there with them a few times. Yeah, just, yeah. Like, played keyboards behind them, and they joke around with me. It's so fun. Yeah. Have so you ever? Good. Did you ever say anything that made them come? I you, did. Oh, I how actually gr- made them laugh. How great say? was that, that was feeling? Like, that was like that's the biggest achievement. Oh yeah, yeah. Making a comedian laugh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was walk. I, I I was walking by the side of the store watching them on stage yeah. Dave saw me and goes uh, Brad Williams and then like he called me up and I'm like oh like I don't get nerd like I'm because if I'm up there by myself great I'm in control I know what to do yeah I know what I'm doing now I'm up there with Jeff and Dave I'm just like oh fuck oh, this was a few like, months ago yeah I was so insanely nervous and they asked me like hey where are you going and I said uh, this weekend you were just walking through the showroom yeah I was just walking through the showroom I wasn't planning on going on Whoa. and then they called me up and then uh, they said like where are you touring this weekend and I go oh I'm going to Alabama because I was and this was right when that law had passed oh, the geez. controversial uh, the controversial abortion law yeah. and they asked me they go so what about that law now I don't I, I haven't thought about it I don't have a joke no. and, he's, and yeah. I don't really do material like that so Putting I'm like on the spot. oh fuck and they go what what are you going to do and I go oh I'm probably going to stand outside of the clinics and be like I made it like <laughs> dude crush right big laugh and, they, and then the, they the, bumped the, the, the moment Dave and Jeff both like at the same time like pointed the mics towards me like they like it made me so insanely yeah. happy so they bumped towards you yeah like yeah yeah and then, I, and then and then and then we did a, yeah. yeah and then we did a three-way bump uh, and then it was just like that oh, you were on stage at that yeah yeah that yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah 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 i and thought this was you still in the audience no i yes. i i walked up and okay, they were asking cool. me questions yeah so like so you're on stage playing with them and like you say something do you remember what you said do you remember what the situation was 
it was something about the kind of guys I like, and mm-hmm. I, I don't even remember what I said, but it made them laugh. That's amazing. And then you got a bump. <laughs> yeah. How fucking good is that So you're playing feel? piano. So you, how many instruments do you yeah. play? Um, well. <laughs> yeah. Zero. But oh, hilarious. <laughs> Fuck you. Humble. You're wrong. But also like, you know, like the, I'm sure like there's got to be some that even for you, you're like, man, I could be a better flautist. And then we hear you play and we're like, okay, like you could also tour with that right now. Yeah, like if we throw- I just play the rhythm section okay. instruments, like drums, bass, guitar, keyboards, sing. Jesus. But that's still like- those, I thought about putting all those yeah. on your back and going to the promenade. <laughs> One man band. <laughs> People are doing that now. Like, they are. Yeah. There's a lot of looping going on. Oh, yeah, there is a, I think- yeah, like there, and a lot of people online now are doing that. And, yeah, and it's it's, so, it's a it's an art form looping. Oh sure, I saw when when I saw Katie Tunstall do that live, I was like, what the f-? like? She 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 just sings. She's got this thing playing. Yeah, and she just sings, woohoo, and then like hits a button, and then that repeats that itself. Yeah, she she pounds on like uh she pounds on like a guitar case and makes a drum beat. Reggie that, Watts that repeats. Does Reggie that. Watts does. John it. Mayer did that actually a little bit. The yeah. Dave and, and Mayer show. Yeah. It, it's pretty cool. It's crazy. I I look at that in utter and complete awe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't enjoy it as much mm-hmm. in a sense because I love the interaction with other yeah, musicians. And then, yeah, and then you're locked in. You don't know what in. they're going to feed you. Right. And I like that sort of Especially mystery of, of knowing I have to like yeah. be on my toes. Whereas I, I don't, I'll never be in a situation where I'm on... Well, I might be on a situation where I'm on my own. It's different because mm-hmm. it's my own head, you know, <laughs> I'm interacting with. So I might surprise myself sometimes, yeah. but le- less so, a lot less so. If you're going <laughs> to sit down and write a song on the piano, uh, is there a certain genre or mood that you always go to? Like in my three months of piano lessons in the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So he knows a lot. I went to, <laughs> man, I would play the classicals that my piano teacher tried to teach me before I asked him to teach me the Jurassic Park theme song. <laughs> to which he said, no, if you don't learn Farrellese, I'm going to quit. To which I said, there's the door. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> but I said, no, just teach me Jurassic Park theme song. My mom's paying you. I think like this is what we should do right now. And then he was like, nah, I'm good and bounce. But I would always then, when I was wow. at school and I would sit down at the piano, my you know probably 10-year-old over emotional self always felt like you're supposed to get dramatic and play like a love song and I always thought about playing like a love song to a girl so I'm curious like for people that are actually good at piano when you sit down is it like is your instinct to start like rocking out or is it to kind of get like you know melancholy and it's all it's all dependent on your mood yeah mm-hmm. right like yeah I think that, that that's like the aim is is with with an instrument is to make it like as as easy as a language your first language is mm. so you can just say whatever it is that you're feeling but in notes that is the people i've seen do that the aforementioned john mayer when he was on stage with yeah. Chappelle, like Chappelle just looks at him and asks for something either yeah. a song or a mood or a thing like he yeah, would right. he would ask for an emotion one time and then mayer would play it and you're like because in that in in your head you're like what the hell what the hell is an angry guitar me- like melody? And then he play it. You're like, yeah, that's, that's an angry that. guitar yeah. melody. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, like I can't say what that is, or I can't you know I I can't describe that through music because that's not my world. But yeah. then John does it. And you're like, what? Like so, 
yeah, my, yeah. I, I guess my question to you is: Are you ever sitting down and you're in like a certain mood, like either you're excited, you're depressed, you're something, and you go like, "Oh, I'm, I'm now it's time." Yeah, now it's time. Like you go, "Oh, I'm in a mood right now. This could, this could influence something." Without the middle thought of this could influence something, it's almost like it's a natural inclination of when you're feeling something that you mm-hmm. want to express it musically at least okay so you don't have the thought of like oh i'm gonna go to my therapy right now you just go yeah yeah and you're just like let's see what happens here (laughs) not even see what it just just do it like yeah like you know if if you guys are feeling some sort of way it's gonna come up on stage whether you like it or not it's gonna yeah yeah and you can't help it. What if you're not near one of your instruments and you have you feel compelled? I have a, my vocal box at all times. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, and have have you ever have you ever done the thing where you get like a, a rhythm or a melody and you'll like leave yourself a voice me- Dude, uh, voice I have memo or so many like tens of thousands. Oh my god! Really? Voice memos. Can you make an album of just notes. those? <laughs> that would no be, one's ever done that. That would be interesting. Yeah. Can we hear one of them? No, they're not ready. That's like asking. It's like a comic. Can I hear your set last night? Yeah, it was just yeah, working yeah, out. Yeah, your riff. Hey, Brad. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Fire away. We're friends. Can we get personal? Let's do it. Do you have a foot fetish? Absolutely not. Let me finish. Okay. Do you have a sock fetish? Absolutely yes. <laughs> yeah. We all love socks. We all wear them. But where do you get your socks? Well, and that's where I have a problem. And I think we all have this problem. You have to go to the shoe store to get them, and then you get these socks that are made by t-shirt companies, not yeah. sock companies. Crappy socks. There's still a, 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 not a, a place that has gotten socks right. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like the one that fits your foot, the one that makes it so that you want to enjoy the socks so much that you don't do what I do, which is lose the socks, and then you're mis- mix-matching colors and sizes. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I've worn one of your socks once. I mean, yeah, that's why it only covered half your foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But if all that's making you go, well, Brad why, Brad Adam, why are you talking so much about socks? Let me tell you what's going to solve all your sock problems. What's that? That's Bombas. B-O-M-B-A-S. Bombas. It's a fun company to say. Yeah, that's where you go to get comfortable socks made from super soft natural cotton and they are a sock company adam this is what they do they wake up thinking about feet they go to bed thinking about feet (laughs) (laughs) yeah they have a foot fetish but they want you to be comfortable it's not weird it's not sexual they have different colors patterns lengths styles yeah because let's be honest dude having cool shoes is only half the battle you want to have cool socks under those kicks you got to have a good sock game and bombas look great in the gym at the office when you're out of town every pair of socks comes with arch support a seamless toe and a cushioned footbed that is comfy but not too thick dude just imagine being at home taking your shoes off in front of your family and then being like whoa uh where did you get those or maybe you're trying to impress a girl and and you're like yo why don't we give each other foot rubs and she's like i can't believe you just brought that up i don't even know your name yet we just sat down to dinner but this seems like a fun idea to get to later and when you do and she sees your bumba socks that's right i mean what is she gonna say i mean she's she's gonna say let's get to rubbing those feet because i gotta feel these comfy socks yeah they are good and they got socks for men they got socks for women they got socks for toddlers wow I can only imagine parents out there with young kids. You can't leave because, you know, your kid will uh, need to be watched at all time. Just order your Bombas toddler socks online. They come right to your door. It's quick. It's easy. They're comfortable. You will not regret 
getting these socks. If and, you want to get 20% yeah. off your first purchase, which, by the way, um, we have purchases coming. Yes. I can't wait. cannot be more excited to get new socks because, again, I just I forget. Dude, I bought socks from the airport before because Ooh. I forgot socks. Bad and it's move, like, man, dude, you just end up settling. And if yep. you don't want to settle anymore and you want to make sure your feet are comfy and headed in the right direction, uh, go to bombas.com slash ALN. That's bombas, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash ALN for 20% off your first purchase. And one thing that's great about this company is we're all about giving back. Yeah. Bombas, whenever you buy a pair of socks from Bombas, they will give a pair to someone in need. So you want to give to charity? You want to do the right thing? You want to sleep easy at night knowing that you've given back? It's real easy. Just go to Bombas. Make any purchase. They will match your purchase and give whatever you got to someone who needs it. Dude, they are given back by giving foot the way to be comfy. And that sounded better in my head. <laughs> giving back, giving foot. What I thought there was a fun body play on words there. What does sound good is putting Bombas on your feet. Good save. That is for sure. Go to Bombas.com slash ALN to get 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash ALN. And now back to the episode. Uh, and have, have you ever had a moment, because uh, I know there's the famous... Keith Richards story where he got hammered, uh, played the riff to sat- satisfaction on a tape recorder, fell asleep, woke up, was like, oh, my tape recorder is still going. Didn't remember the riff at all and just hit play and you hear dun, 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 dun. And he's like, oh, that's pretty good. And then it was just like three, four hours of snoring. Yeah. Like, I mean, there has to be a lot of heroin for that. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like, have you had a night out where like maybe, or, oh no, you said you don't drink, right? Uh, not really, no. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, so you haven't had like you a- You still go out though, right? I still go out. Yeah. 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 Have you had those gyms where you like come back to something months later or days later and go, oh, well, I guess that's pretty good. Yeah, because like uh, often, I guess most of my ideas happen while I'm on the run. Driving, mm-hmm. exercising, cleaning dishes. Like, it's usually when there's some sort of motion going on and you're like in this autopilot zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you've gotten out of your own way. Yeah. And yet you're still receiving. Mm-hmm. And so in those moments, I might not actually have time to go and like work it all out and sure. write a whole song. So, yeah, there's, there's so many times I've just recorded something and then gone back later and, mm-hmm. and, and made something more out of it. And there's so many more times that I've never gone back to the fucking idea. Oh no, we no, right because the moment, you yeah, we can count so many times when we've gone back to notes and be like, "What the hell is peanut what butter is volleyball? Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. what? What? What is that? It's why is sport? Why did I think that was funny? Yeah. Why? There's no need. Uh, we we went through that list and we just kind of stopped at Eric Clapton. Uh, you know what? You know what? What oh. I sometimes have to do on sure. the notes now to rem- like I have to write where I am. And what triggered the thought? Oh, okay. that's a good idea. Because so, if it's sometimes some if it's only like a it. segment of a lyric, yeah. sometimes it can be abstract. But as soon as I remember the context, I'm like, oh, that that's what gets me back to that. That's zone. really smart. Yeah. What was connecting you to it, right? Yeah. Man, that's a good idea. Yeah, because then that kind of brings you back to that moment. Because oh yeah, that's what I was feeling when I wrote. Yeah. Uh, Yesterday. P- yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you truly didn't want to listen. And, and how about now? Do you listen to other? Um, you know types of music or musicians artists just to kind of hear what's out there or do you just not want to be influenced by uh it's more the latter um but but more so not just because i don't want to be influenced but because when i listen to music 
uh, it's very natural for me to get analytical with it right and mm-hmm. it's like work whereas when i go and watch comedy mm-hmm. i can just completely zone out and laugh yeah. and not think about how that relates to i mean it does as i said like influence me but I, it doesn't have to mm-hmm. you you can just sit there and enjoy it yeah yeah there, there's always times when i when I, like i'm going to a concert and i'm watching like uh i watched a band one time like bring out a fire extinguisher but it had like a like a gasoline <laughs> muzzle on the end of it and he started like spraying the audience with it and i was like oh i could do something like that during my show i'm like wait no i can't no i can't that doesn't work i'm not gonna do that like there's so there there there's so many times when i think i'm inspired by something that someone on stage is doing and where i go no wait but that's that's them that that's what they do i don't do that it's the energy above anything though, yeah. that I get influenced by. Like just watching someone so present, yeah, it just fires me up. And I think it's valuable for artists to go to shows. Not yeah. you know, it, they they don't have to be necessarily in your field, but it's it, it's it's valuable to go and know what it's like to be an audience member experience that and go like oh this is what they're looking at yeah this is how they're feeling this is why they're distracted by the woman that's bringing their mozzarella sticks right now like like oh this is what that feeling is and then you can kind of address those feelings better in in your own onstage act Hmm. interesting uh we 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 have to hear some print stories like because prince is do we yeah i think we do of course we do yeah Yeah. i don't have many stories (laughs) (laughs) i mean i mean but you you've spent more time with him than we have i I don't know it's weird when someone passes away to you just sort of like you want to let their legacy do the talking sure yeah and you certainly can with prince were you a fan before you i didn't know his music before i worked with him gotcha Mm -hmm. um well May, I may, I'd, maybe I'd, I'd heard a couple of the popular songs, but mm-hmm. again, it, like it, it happened very quickly out of nowhere. Yeah. He saw me on TV playing with Jeff Beck, and then started YouTubing me, and then like got <sighs> my got my number from a drummer, and then called me, and and his first question was, "Do you like the drum rolls of Jack DeJanet?" And I was like, well, of course I do. <laughs> We're going to be friends. <laughs> Click? Or was that... <laughs> that was it. Hang up? That was the only conversation. And yeah. then three minutes later, he was at your front door. You're like, how were you? No, what I really admired about him was that he was such a fan. Like, yeah. I remember going over to his place quite a few times and like... Paisley Park like, or? In LA. I, oh, I went in LA. to Paisley Park too okay but like he had a, a spot here and mm-hmm. like we like one time we just got in in a limo and just sat in the back and listened to other people's recordings like and he was like so what do you think of this mm-hmm. what is it and we're just like just talk like just like i would with any yeah. other musician yeah so uh, that was fun and like those th- th- those those moments are you like, are you starstruck? Are you just like, just keep it together? Are you not aware of, of that? Are you like, like you say, are you just two musicians hanging out? That's listening what it to music? Feel, uh, yeah, I, I haven't really gotten starstruck, mm-hmm. but I've been like insanely inspired by people and more so who they are as a person than mm-hmm. their musicianship. Hmm. You know, like Leonard Cohen. Oh, uh, man. He was yeah. probably one of the most inspiring humans I've ever met. Like, 
How, Didn't the, he do uh, Walking on Memphis? He did. I know he did Hallelujah. No, he Didn't? wrote that one. Yeah, I know he did that. Yeah. He didn't do Walking in Memphis. I will look it up. <laughs> Remember walking in Memphis, walking with my three back feet on the green. You know. Uh, <laughs> no, okay, you know what? That's not you him. guys are looking at me like He's I don't. Singing it like Bruce Springsteen. So yeah. I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when did you um, work with him? When did I work with Leonard? Cohen, yeah. I didn't work with him. We were friendly. Mark Cohen, <laughs> not Leonard Cohen. I was walking in Memphis. <laughs> Wish Leonard Cohen did it. Um, name that Cohen. <laughs> Wrong Cohen. Um, you were friendly with him. CBS. So hadn't, yeah. Yeah, just he and he's one of my favorite lyricists ever. Damn. So, but just as a human, because like he spent so much time in the monastery and like working on his spiritual life and just mm-hmm. that that's so inspiring and there's like a lot of musicians that i've met who they're such great humans Mm -hmm. jackson brown is another one that like he's like he actually executive produced this album i just made Mm -hmm. yes and he sort of has been like there every step of the way for me like just i see him mentoring all these younger musicians like giving people guitars and advice and his time and that kind of stuff like as you guys know, too, it's like not everyone in the industry is like that. No. Yeah. When you meet people like that, you're like, oh. like Bill Burr. Yeah. He like really takes the time. Yeah. Like to, to mentor people. Yeah. And like, that's, that's the coolest. It's unheard of. At yeah. his level and with what he's got going on. Yeah. And time is uh, valuable to him. Yeah. And, and you see it reflected in his shows because if you look at the, the people that he has opening for him yeah. often like it's a great show start to finish they're like he gets great comics too because uh, some comics are really intimidated they're like oh, I want someone kind of shitty to open up for me like he's like no I want beasts to open up for me yeah F- bring it and then if they want to join me on stage later and play drums awesome like it, it, so cool. it yeah it, it's a, now were you able to like sit down off mic with him and just kind of jam out me and Bill yeah, yeah. we've done it like many times yeah <laughs> And Marin too, right? Huh? Marin too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I produced a track for Marin on this movie that just came out. No way. Called what? It's called, what is it called? Sword of Trust. Nice. It's like the, the song, because he's like a guitarist in the movie. And then at the end, we did this song that he plays at the very, like the, when the end credits come up. Holy mm-hmm. shit. So I like produced that here and then. Yeah. Marin seems like he's pretty, I mean, I guess I always judge to someone's musical skills like with the, for a comedian, you know what I'm saying? But right, he right. seems, I mean, can you separate those two or do, when you saw him play, were you like, yeah, for a comic, you're. No, I take the comic out. I think like. <clears throat> if, if they're you, good enough, you take it away. Yeah. Well, if you have, if you have like a good aesthetic, then you have good aesthetic. I don't yeah. think it stops at your art form. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that. I mean, as long as you put in the hours to develop the vocabulary. Right. It's all just about vocabulary. Once you have vocabulary, then it, then, then it's all about your aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And so no matter what, if I did comedy or this or that, it's like, so what, what's your taste like? Yeah. That's what you're going to, you know, What uh, When you're waking up in the morning and you got your Amazon Echo next to you, what, what do you tell Alexa to play? <laughs> <laughs> I stay so far away from that shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's on your playlist in, in I love in, Indian in classical music. I love listening. Indian classical music. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, Adam was telling me about Indian classical music. Yeah. The other, no, he wasn't. Love. It. Uh, what does it sound like? <laughs> sounds does like. It sound um, like when I was walking in Memphis. <laughs> like Mark <laughs> How do you get into Indian classical? Um, well, I've been meditating since I was a teenager. Okay. And like, there's a big, uh, like Indian classical music is one of the few music that I guess not only is like extremely intellectually satisfying and challenging but like there's also like there's a spiritual aspect like they play different ragas for different times of day and there's this whole it's it's really inspiring like when i listen to it i'm i'm inspired on all levels what's a raga because i just typed in indian classical music and it said he uh healing ragas like yeah there's different like you can do it for different times of day it's it's the pattern that repeats that you sort of how do you even describe it, Raga? I I don't know. <laughs> Alexa, describe <laughs> <a> Raga. <laughs> exactly. Will not stump her. Um, oh yeah, this is meditation music for sure. This is Indian classical, healing ragas. <laughs> And a bunch of words I don't Whoa. know, so I'm not going to try to say them because I'll they'll probably come out <laughs> like I'm being insensitive. Rhythmic, <laughs> rhythmically too, it can get super advanced. Like they're playing in all kinds of odd time signatures and like lots of polyrhythms. Yeah, it's it's deep. And then is so, that a pan flute? What's the um, sitar? No, not this right now. But what is that? I I. That's not the recorder, is it? I played that in the fourth grade. <laughs> yeah. I knew I should have stuck with it. Yeah, it's a recorder. You made be, money off yeah, meditation. You music. Yeah. Indian classical Played the ragu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The ragu. <laughs> what is it? Raga. Yeah. <laughs> Ragu's a tomato sauce. All right. Fuck you. <laughs> there, that's the sitar. Yeah. Now, have you ever tried to, have, have you ever tried to play a sitar? I actually... Um, I went to Ravi Shankar's house. What? Oh. That is literally the only sitar player that I know. And that, so I'm just like, he's like, he, but he's like the dude. Yeah. 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 He's like Holy the shit. guy. Yeah. Even I knew who that is. Wow. So I, I like tried to, those are hard instruments. Yeah. Like, I mean, no, I haven't. I, I've, I think I've played on, on some tablas for a second. Um, is there any sitar on your album, Love Remains? Actually, there there is a Indian classical violin violinist on Under the Sun. Dang. Yeah. Is that, that's the, is that the first track? No. I don't know what number it is. Maybe it's like... By seven, the way, right? thanks for saying it to us. Holy shit. I don't know where you produce that or arrange... I mean, I have so many questions. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. I mean, I've heard you and seen you play, but like... Man, like a full album thing. That's a big, like, that's, it's legit. I mean, You're, it's not as good as my performances at the goddamn Comedy Jam. Well, this I is know. true. And you didn't <laughs> let me finish. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, how long of a, <clears throat> and by the way, it's available for everywhere for people oh, to good. get. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever. Love you. Remains, right? Spotify, Amazon. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Is there a place that you like to direct people to that's easier or just wherever you get your music, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, we don't get paid anyway, so just, just yeah. <laughs> li li listen to it, enjoy it, but then mo more, most importantly, come see you live. Uh, yeah, I watched the you video. You can just send me money directly on there your PayPal Venmo. account. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just <laughs> PayPal slash Tal Wilkinson. There you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, I listened to the album. It was fantastic. Uh, I think I think my favorite was. I mentioned it earlier was the song Killing Me oh cool I yeah. love that song yeah uh, really very, good track very there, there, there was one lyric in there it was like 
uh, I don't want to be I want to be held but not beholden yes where does that come from <laughs> I want to be held but what yeah sorry that's, that that one lyric I was just, makes you go I could never do this right uh, yes so like, that's and my, I was kind of casually listening to it but then I heard that lyric and I and I I was like whoa and I went back and I listen to it again like sorry to make you dissect one lyric in your great album but i don't know that it's kind of a guy's thought isn't it yeah <laughs> that one yeah that one really spoke to me though yeah i mean i think as like an independent artist like mm -hmm. we all want to like experience love but not be tied down by it so yeah yeah it was very like i don't know if i would say that like the the lyrics because I, I then I re-listened to the song after I heard that lyric and it, it seemed as I was diving into it it seemed like sort of like I don't want to say it, it's a feminist song but it's very pro-woman I, I I felt that's interesting because like I just said it's like it's a man's thought like I mean yeah the, in that like I, I find that m more of my male friends are, mm -hmm. are experiencing those kinds of feelings but you know, I think that anybody that's an artist or, I mean, mm -hmm. well, there's a lot of people that just, I guess, feel that way. Yeah. But. But it was, yeah, it, it, that song, that song really spoke to me. And then I looked up a video of you playing it live. And when you do, like, one thing I'll say about when you were, when you play live is that there's a lot of people that when they play live, I don't know what the singer is saying. Mm-hmm. I hear Lyrically, you mean yes I can't understand them I, or, it, or the sound guy is fucking up I don't know what's happening maybe the emotion is driving what's Something. happening instead of being but, able to articulate but like you everything was clear the yeah. bass was clear the, your lyrics clear mm -hmm. like everything I got to experience everything in your life in your live performance and I re and I really respected that that's cool I mean I think the priority for me is storytelling there that's you go another reason why I <laughs> yeah what love comedians yeah because yeah. they're uh, you know it's become almost fashionable with uh all these popular tv shows to just to be a singer mm -hmm. like who can sing all these notes but right. it's less about like storytelling yeah I, just, I really all my favorite artists from dylan to leonard cohen to paul simon to you know lightning hopkins like all the old blues guys like wow. yeah. they're all like telling stories they're not thinking about singing you know right and, and i would say that yeah the story and storytelling is i would say the most important part because that's the it part is. that's is the that part reason you're picking up the yeah. instrument that's why else are you what why else are you opening your mouth then yeah, yeah. tell a story that's the part that will make you feel something is the story that's told in the song the story that's told in the joke and then and then whatever. on the other hand you can go and listen to some instrumental music and they're telling stories with notes too. So mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a way to tell stories in, in, you know, in another way as well. How do you come up with a title, Love Remains? I just love the, that it means two opposing things almost. Love remains, like mm -hmm. love continues, mm -hmm. and love remains like the remnants of a failed love. Oh, uh, like, like human remains, love remains. Yeah, the remains. Yeah. And uh, I, and that's sort of like what happens when you enter and then leave a relationship is mm -hmm. is that there's these remnants of this failed love and yet love remains. Mm. 
See, Damn. and that's why you're a lyricist. Yeah. And we tell dick jokes. Because <laughs> our version of that would have been like, because like when you fucking break up, um, there's like this shitty time where you like go to the, you, know, you like jack in the box and you're like, you cry. I left my fucking fries. So you go back and you're like, it remained to be seen if they were still open. I knew they were 24 hours, but I love... I loved it, so. And then that's why I jacked in the box. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. You still spun it. Yeah. Still spun. Hey, you managed if, to make a sad, depressing breakup story from a dude yeah. into a beautiful title for a song. If and we, that, yeah. And that's why I jacked in the box. If we had mics to bump you with, we would, de- we would definitely be bumping the mic on that comment oh, right just there. Just have Justin Timberlake do jacked in a box instead of in a box. By the way, if Jack in the Box truly had a box. dick, <laughs> and truly had some balls to go with that dick and wanted to take some chances, that would be their next commercial. Yeah. Jack in the Box. I mean, because Jack in the Box isn't, yeah, that's the one where they get a little, you know, they're they're feeding stoners with their advertising. They are. But they also love to them. play on words and euphemisms, kind of. They're, they're, the, they're the only one that I feel like is kind of like leaning into like, yeah. you know what this means, yeah. right? Yeah, well, because, yeah, their late night menu thing was called the Munchie Box. Yeah. So... Come but on. even Jack was like, don't you guys love my new uh, <laughs> chicken ball? Like, he's like, I uh, love yeah. your balls. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. was it? It was bowls. Bowls. Yeah, because he had come like, on. teriyaki bowls or you something know, like yeah, that. Yeah, I love your teriyaki. I love your bowls. They're so good. They're so tasty, Jack. He's like, everybody loves my bowls. Kids, wives, stepdads. You're like, Jesus, dude. It, it was very SNL sweaty balls. balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a, um, yeah. I have a guitar, a Martin downstairs, a black one. You do? Because... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I used to play. I still play. Do we get to hear a song? I will play oh. something small if you will play something from your album or anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Deal. Brett, all right. Keep, Brett, keep her chatting. I will keep. All right. We'll do a quick word association while he gets the guitar. Just one or two sentences because I'm going to say some other people that you worked with. Uh, Sting. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Well, we're doing word association. Oh no, but like the artist, like how, like how'd you like oh. him as a person? That's why I was like, ouch! What, what did he do to you? <laughs> Damn sting and your tantric sex. That's not. That, <laughs> that's not word association. Uh, just, you, just, you just want the gossip. Yeah. Well, no, not 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 really the gossip. Just your thoughts on okay, on, on, thoughts on them on as sting. either artists or people or both. I mean, I don't, I don't know him well enough. Like amazing musician, and I'm just mm-hmm. gonna say the same about everyone here. Mick Jagger. He's really smart, like yeah. incredibly smart I, and funny. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe not at telling uh, stories <laughs> on stage, but uh, but just very quick. Yeah. Witty. Uh, uh, Steven Tyler. Super fun and like just warm with everyone and very inclusive and mm-hmm. um, yeah, just like, like he's come to like a couple of my parties and just like jammed and no kidding, just. Like so fun! Wow. And then, uh, how do you pass time when you're on the road? Um, I really don't ever have any time off. Well, there you go. It's a problem. (laughs) It is. It really is a problem. Well, start listening to some Indian classical and chill out. Uh, Adam, so you don't have you don't have uh, like because I'm curious about that too. Being on the road, like you don't go out to see movies or. do like late night diner meals there were like 16 hour days every day I mean I wish I had two more hours to sleep mm-hmm. I hear you uh, Adam has his ha- well if you're having guitar. trouble falling asleep maybe think of the soothing sounds <laughs> of this <laughs> I mean alright let's see 
So um, let's see, probably about six years ago. And uh, let me just preface this with, I'm not great, um, which is the name of this song. No, uh, this was a song I wrote a long time ago about uh, when I was in elementary school, uh, you know, recess. Did you ever have recess? Yeah. In school? It was, was always too short. It was always too short. Especially 15 minutes. Yeah. 15 minutes in Australia? Yeah. That is just, yeah, that is not the... It's a tease. The, I'd rather not have recess. It's a recess big Because then you're always late. You go out, you get one game of tetherball, maybe, you know, a chance to uh, get one basket in a game of uh, three on three, maybe get up in, in uh, kickball, and then the whistle blows, and then you always try to roll the dice and play longer, and then the recess teacher has to turn to a Nazi, and they're like, if you don't go inside, I'm gonna tell your parents, and you're like, you don't know my parents, they split up, and then she's like, fucking way to make it weird, and then you go back inside. <laughs> anyway, this song is about a, uh, oh, the uh, kid Dustin Brody, who was on, my, uh, on the playground, and he was always way too competitive, so we called him an over-competitive recess kid. Competitive recess kid Why don't you cool the fuck down Everyone's trying to have a good good time and that's all I remember of the song. <laughs> I just wrote this about five years ago. Um, but he, but the next I, song I wrote. But I, but I think we got the you, you know, got the gist of it. Yeah, yeah. You want more? He, you want he more? was very overcompetitive, and he was a recess kid. What is? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a. Um, I don't know. I don't know what songs you've written. <laughs> I wrote one about. Um, well, while I'm thinking of this, by the way, again, this is why um, we don't get opportunities yeah. to uh, to perform on the on the big stages. Well, are, what song will you be singing for us? I don't know. You didn't tell me I was going to be singing a song. Now I have yeah. to write one and then well, write it down and give me just an hour. Okay. <laughs> well, no, you're well, chilling. No, well, you, let me perform uh, the rest of this unplugged set. You could, yeah, no, you, you could play something from the album if you want, or just something you're working on. Yeah. Let me see if I have a, a guitar pick. With all this fucking cash I brought. <laughs> I, I have to pay these guys to uh, have have me on their podcast. So. Sure. Well, this is this is the big time right here. Do I even have a pick? I don't think I do. This is this is the musician's wallet. <laughs> do you need one I can find? <laughs> she's, she's literally throwing she's literally throwing money <laughs> oh, at us. I'm crushing it, dude. Let I me mean, actually, apparently. You know what? Overcompetitive <laughs> recess kid. I don't have a pick. Do you have a pick? I think I might, yeah. Would that help a lot? That would well, I mean, a minor amount. It won't make me sound good. Oh look, I found a this is a bass pick. Okay. Fuck yeah. Like it's a wooden pick. Whoa. Check it out, dude. Got some heft. Dang. Brad, you want to feel what a bass pick feels like? Want to feel my bass pick? I mean, not like I haven't already. <laughs> there were some times in college. I don't really talk about those. All right. Well, here. Oh, is that one? Is it? I don't know. I just got to get past the tampons and the... <laughs> I've had Same. a dime for every yeah, time I said that. All the time. Oh, there it is. Got one. <laughs> 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 All right. Found one? I found it. Oh, just when I was Give finding my, my money back. Just when I was okay. finding my groove. 
Yeah! Also, be a roadie. How's this? Good? Right there. Okay. I don't fucking move. Also, <laughs> just about that. Oh, yeah. Oh my fucking god, you're 
That's unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, go get the album. If that doesn't sell it, I don't know what the Holy fuck can. Shit, this will sell it. Hold on, one more song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's my uncle? I'm down, dude. I, uh, I, I mean, I just want to see how long you'll hold that the, for, really. The the I album. Mean, quite honestly, yeah. you play. I, I would do that for a whole show. You're unbelievable. Yeah. This the album is Love Remains. Tal Wilkenfeld. Holy shit. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Love Remains, go get the album, and uh, and Tal, uh, com. What's the, where do people go get tour dates? I wish it was Tal.com. Mm. Talwilkenfeld.com. Easy. And, uh, yeah, I'm playing, I guess, Kimmel on Monday. Yes. Yeah. And then Portland, Seattle later in the week. Where in Seattle is where I'm from. Where am I playing in Seattle? I actually look don't it up. Know. Go to the I website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah look it up. You have a phone in your damn pocket that you're listening to this podcast <laughs> yeah. on. Go see her, but uh, only if you like things that are awesome, and only if you like feeling things. Will you take? Will you take us out? Down the back street
Good night, everybody. Next time she'll cover over competitive recess kid. <laughs> I got my jack in the box. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Julia White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Meh, what's up, dog? This is your pal Bugs Bunny. Say, uh, I got a question for you. Do you know who has the head of Elmer Fudd and the body of Foghorn Leghorn? Why, that's Adam Ray and Brad Williams. Ain't I a stinker? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.